Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Craig? We're in my clubhouse. Come inside. There's beer inside. <laughs> We're in my clubhouse. Come inside. There's beer inside. There's definitely beer inside. Yeah. I know you know that song because you have kids. Absolutely. Well, when I came in, uh, B was was dancing to Mickey's. Ro- well, she, was kind of, she wasn't really dancing at that point anymore because the dogs, the dogs greeted me at the door with their... Uh, they're ferocious attack dog barks. Yes, I know. The combined 30 pounds of dog was <laughs> had you shaking in your boots. Should we uh, should we tell people what we got going here? We're we're on location here at yeah. uh, Podcast HQ West. Yeah. For the first time recording both of us in the same house. Um of course the first time we recorded together was uh that tailgate, yeah, the tailgate. one. But this one, we actually have a mixing board. Mm-hmm. Um, the sound probably sounds a lot better than that tailgate one. Jeff's yeah. microphone is actually picking up. Yeah, uh, we got both microphones working this time. Yep, yep. This is this is great. Um, but yeah, uh, welcome to Podcast versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me in person is Jeff Newser. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great, Craig. I'm right over here on your couch. Looking across your coffee table at you, uh, your chair looks less comfortable than, than the couch it's, I'm it's sitting on. It's less comfortable, though. but you know, I was concerned about the beer uh, with from the cords from the microphones getting knocked over. Yeah, uh, that's more important than anything. And we do have cords sort of running everywhere at the moment, um, which I think you can kind of see if you go if you go to our Twitter Twitter feed. Craig took a picture of our beer and and posted it, and so uh, you can kind of see the cords that we have running around everywhere we got our microphone cords we got usb cords we got computers we got power cords man we we got it all yep yep so this is the trial run of uh using you know in-person technology um the old ip as they call it on the internet that's right and we uh so this is this is our first episode in almost two weeks thanks to uh if you listen to the the little bonus episode i don't know if you call it an episode it's like an bonus update. content yeah because okay so for you know i left it for the subscribers who have noticed uh, a change in their feed this week uh because we have combined the coog center podcasts into one coog center feed so everybody's feeds look really different so if you again if you were a subscriber to the coog center hour you saw a whole bunch of our episodes plop in there and you might have also seen vice versa if you were a subscriber to us. So anyway, um, while we were sort of making that transition, we, we also transitioned to some new software and uh, the software ate our podcast, Craig. Yeah, that was uh, I had a real special beer. Um, that's what I'm most concerned about. But obviously, we it took us forever just to figure out how to get it set up. Uh, that's probably the most time we've spent recording a podcast. And then it was it was gone. It was gone. I, I don't I don't know if people missed that much. I mean, we um, we talked about Robert Franks, 
which we're going to talk about Robert Franks today. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, we talked about Booby Williams. Uh, I mean, we, we can basically distill that, right? We're disappointed the Kansas City Chiefs cut him, and we hope he catches on with another team. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah. And we, we spent like... We like Booby. We, we spent 10 minutes talking well. about that before. Yeah. So we probably just saved you 10 minutes of wasted time because we just really distilled it down to our actual opinions just now. Yeah. And we can get into uh, Robert Frank's contract and stuff when we talk about him yeah. and his first summer league yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, as Jeff said, you're 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 getting Kook Center Hour and uh, Podcast versus Everyone into your feed now. It's labeled as Kook Center Podcasts. It's it's not labeled as Podcast versus Everyone anymore, um, but this is still Podcast versus Everyone. Um, we're still calling it that. We're gonna still trying to bring you weekly episodes, um, and we're gonna have a special episode to make up for. Uh, yeah yeah to make up for that that uh, messed up one and I, I think it'll be something you guys will like so um it's something i ripped off from another podcast yeah. uh but uh yeah so um jeff uh let me i'll let you do the honors we're yeah. drinking the same beer yeah uh, and one, one other quick thing before we get to that beer oh. i do i do want to make let people know yes you you will have ads now oh yes yeah so that that's sort of the uh that, that's the trade-off here for joining the old uh, sb nation podcasting network which is kind of how we were able to with how we were able to bring this under one feed. But, uh, you know, again, those of you who are skilled at using your 30-second advance buttons as I am when I'm in the car or on your watch as I am at times, uh, you'll be able to, uh, I'm sure, skillfully navigate those uh, skillfully navigate those ads. Although I will say that I did actually get turned on to a new podcast. I can't remember which one. <laughs> but but actually did get turned on to a new podcast from those ads. So they're not, you know, maybe you'll find, uh, maybe you'll find some value in them. Um, but at any rate, we, we hope to make them as, as non-intrusive as possible. And then the other thing is, as Craig mentioned, uh, obviously, we'll still have both shows. Michael's still doing his show. Um, so if you like the Kook Center, are great. So basically what you'll just have to do is just look at the title of the episode to see uh, which show it is that, that you're listening to. Ours will be clearly labeled Podcast versus Everyone. Uh, Michael's will be clearly labeled the Kook Center Hour. And then you'll you'll be able to listen to... To both of those or neither of those or either of those, whichever, whichever tickles your fancy. Okay. So here's what, here's what we're drinking. All right. So I am, I am at Craig's house, which means that, um, I get treated to the Craig beer. The beer fairy has gone into his, uh, his stash and pulled out, uh, pulled out some to share. So we're starting with a uh, wayfinder birthday beer. Um, also labeled on the other end, a premium lager. So what do you think, Craig? So it's a strong lager. Yes, uh, I can taste that for sure. Um, it's six point six six percent. That is so. Lagers would typically run like four and a half, yeah, five percent, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but this you're a strong lager, um, so it's got a little bit more uh, body to it, a little bit more heft, uh, definitely a little bit more hoppiness than uh, other Wayfinder lagers I've had, and. Uh, um, pick this up uh for the fourth of july um i always like to wayfinder makes uh some of the best loggers uh, you can find they're located in portland uh they have a really cool um uh i don't know if you've been there jeff but they have a really cool uh uh brewery location um not in this location like it's you know it's portland it's like in a warehouse where in portland airs. is it uh i don't know man like i don't know <laughs> i don't know the areas come on craig do, do you know it's in the east side of portland okay 
Uh, obviously, that's where most of the good stuff is. Yeah, um, that's where uh, Great Notion is. Do you know? Uh, yeah, one of their look. They have another location. Great yeah, Notion I know they does, opened a second one, um, but the original in, one in Northwest which Portland, which I've been to. Yeah. So I'd say it's. Uh, d- uh, do you know? Uh, do you know where like um, Belmont Street is? No. Uh, do you know where the Modern Times? No. Places? Do you know where Cascade Barrel House, the sour place is? Nope. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Apparently, I don't know Portland anymore. So I don't know why you asked me where it was. Um, Also, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know how to use Google Maps. And uh, go ahead and type Wayfinder Beer into there. They got a really cool um, deck. uh, And they do food service. They got good food. um, And they do a lot of uh, lagers, really clean German-style beers and stuff like that. They do uh, nice IPAs and and other stuff as well. But uh, kind of their... Um, what you'll find up here in, in like Tacoma Boys and stuff like that um, is uh, their 16-ounce cans of their lagers. I really like their Hell lager. It's a Hellas lager. It's a, a lighter one. Um, and then they have this other one called Tasties. Uh, it's a Dortmunder lager, which I drink quite a bit of. Um, but this one I tried. It's definitely a little different than their other ones. It's a bigger and hoppier beer. Uh, so I thought I'd It'd be interesting to share with you. It is their birthday beer, which they brewed for their second anniversary. So they're not an old brewery by any means, uh, but they've definitely made a, a name for themselves. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, uh, what are you thinking, Jeff? What do you think of this well, beer? Well, what's interesting is that. Uh, so I didn't know it was a lager or a strong lager when I was when I first tasted it. So I, I, I tasted it, and then I wasn't really sure what to think. I was like, I'm not. You, you know what I mean? Like when in some ways it was kind of a blind taste test, yeah. right? Cause I just like, I didn't know what it was that I was, what I was having. And now once I saw it's a lager, I'm like, okay, so now I can sort of like recognize those lager, like just sort of the typical right. lager flavors. Um, and I think probably the reason why it seemed a little bit odd was because, I mean, it really is sort of the color of like a, like a, like a, you know, your kind of typical West coast IPA, right. it's, you know, it's kind of a golden amber color. Um, it's not the gold color you would expect from a lager. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, like the hoppiness to it, it's, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting and, uh, and different. And that's the thing, by the way. So, you know, beyond the fact that, that Craig is, is sort of the beer fairy, one of the things I love also is that like Craig always has something like different that I haven't tried before. So, because I'm not, you know, I, I don't typically go to uh, the beer store or whatever, and really branch out a ton in terms of, of flavors or styles that, that I go toward, um, because I kind of, you know, like if I buy something, I want to like it. So, (laughs) but I also know that if you're going to pull it out is going to be, is probably gonna be pretty good. And so, yeah, this is, this is interesting and different and, uh, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. And definitely check out Wayfinder if you're in, uh, one of the best breweries to visit and then just, uh, excellent brews across the, across the board. And, and it's funny, uh, we went there once, I was there with uh, uh, Amanda and B, and we were meeting a friend for uh, dinner there, and we just like walked in, it was crazy crowded, but there was no sign that said like, you know, check in with, They it said check in for the patio, but it didn't say check in for inside, so we found a table inside, we're just sitting down there waiting, and uh, this lady comes up and says, oh, uh, actually you're supposed to, you know, we're like saving those tables for, you know, people to come and so we're like oh sorry we didn't know that and so we go back out to wait and then like five seconds by the time we even get back to the to the hostess uh the host uh uh 
area she's just like you know what just go sit there you got the baby and i'm like <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so we got this like big booth that's for like eight people yeah. for like the three of us and a baby and had some really good food and uh if you if you uh my my friend was is pescatarian vegetarian you know and, and so she she was able to have plenty of stuff to eat so yeah, they got it. I mean, it's Portland. It's hard to f- go to a place and not have those options. Yeah, but, it's really hard. Um, to but uh, but that. but uh, they have lots of good uh, carnivore <laughs> food as well. Um, but yeah, it's a great great space, uh, great brewery. Um, you can find their beer in Washington at very select places, uh, not necessarily everywhere. Um, and then in, in Portland uh, at your finer uh, beer stores. Um, so yeah, it's definitely uh, something you have to look for, uh, but uh, they just if you like clean, good loggers, uh, definitely, definitely check them out and go check them out if you're in Portland. Yeah, yummy. And we'll have another beer. Uh, we have another beer on the table. Yeah. So maybe when we move on to the next beer, we'll just take like a beer break and we'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about WSU stuff, and then we'll uh, transition in in between. So so our our WSU fans can can get through that without having to hear about another beer yeah um but yeah so um we had some pretty you know we we, uh we talked about if there was any more news it probably wouldn't be good news and uh i know and now that that, that finally uh that came to fruition uh so um jalen thompson probably our best uh returning defensive player maybe even our best player maybe even our best player period um one of the best safeties in the country uh well not anymore uh but <laughs> he was <laughs> maybe. was one of the best safeties in the country definitely one of the best safeties in the pac 12 um found out late that he is not eligible for next season uh because of uh some over-the-counter supplements and so he is entering uh, supplements and, yeah. and so he is entering the NF- nfl entering the nfl supplemental draft yeah so that's a bummer uh, for major bummer. WSU's defense, probably a bummer for Jalen. I'm sure you'd have liked to finish out his college career and enter uh, the regular draft process. He definitely would have been a guy that would have went to the combine. Probably would have been a mid rounder, mid to high rounder. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but now he's you know he's taken a, a different way. Um, so Jeff, um, uh, what what is the supplemental draft? <laughs> so, I mean, the supplemental draft isn't really used much anymore. Uh, it, you know, people might remember back in the '80s, it was um, it was used strategically by some players. Uh, so, Bernie Kosar being being the most obvious example, um, he did not want to play for either of the teams at the top of the draft, and so uh, he decided he was gonna you know, basically not declare for the regular draft, go into the supplemental draft, and then hopefully end up somewhere different. Of course, he ended up in Cleveland, so I'm not sure that was <laughs> any better. But, uh, you know, Brian Bosworth did the same thing. Um, Tim Rosenbaugh ended up I, – I, I don't think he used it strategically. I think his was an academic eligibility thing. I could be wrong about that. I should I should probably know that better since I'm a I'm a Coug fan. And PJ wrote about it, like, last week. So yep. now, now I feel bad. Um but uh, nowadays, it's mostly used for people in Jalen's situation where they either, um, you know, they, they lose their eligibility somehow and or there's a coaching change and they just they don't like the new guy or whatever. Um, but typically it's it's a situation like this where where a guy has lost his eligibility or is facing some kind of suspension um, and is just 
you know, rather than sticking around, um, it's, he's just going to go on and get on with it. The the hard part is, you know, number one, um, teams have already drafted and, and made their free agent moves based off of, uh, you know, all that information. So now he's kind of, you know, maybe there's a team that still has a need at safety, or maybe there's a team that, um, likes him as a project or something like that. But, um, my sense is that uh, the supplemental draft at this point sort of cuts down on your chances to, um, you know, really get drafted high and make much of an impact because not only have teams sort of already made their roster plans, um, they've already had, you know, rookie OTAs, they've had regular OTAs. I mean, they're getting ready to start, I mean, really, they start training. Some of these teams start training camp in three weeks. So he will have had no time with the playbook, no time with the team. Um, He's going to be, you know, him and and the other guys in the supplemental draft, they're going to be behind the curve in terms of, uh, you know, fitting in with their new team. So, you know, I did see a thing somewhere. I can't remember if it was a commenter on Kook Center or if it was – you know, if it was somebody else that I saw on Twitter or something like that, but they, they, they mentioned that, um, you know, players a lot of times will go about a round lower than what you expect, what, what a guy might otherwise go simply because of all these different factors. So, um, and teams also obviously don't want to give up draft capital that they don't right. have to. And so unless you've got a team that's got some excess draft capital in those sort of mid rounds, fourth, fifth round, right. You know, and so I'm I'm really curious to see what kind of uh, what kind of draft pick someone's willing to give up. Oh, that was the other part that yeah. I, I didn't explain. So if you if you you put in a bid for the guys who are in the supplemental draft, you put in a bid for the round that you'd like, you'd be willing to draft them. Uh, if yours is the highest, then you get them and you forfeit that pick in next, next year's year. draft. Yeah. So a team that's got a lot of picks next year, like say the Seahawks, have a ton of picks next year. Um, they might be the kind of team and then and also they've got a you know a, a young secondary and could be looking for more talent there um, you know so they'd be the kind of team that might take a chance on, on a guy like like Jalen Thompson so so yeah it's it, it's not ideal but you know it, it's good that the supplemental draft I guess provides him an avenue still to get to the yeah. league in, in this sort of situation and and I, I really I mean I hope he does great I, I don't wish him any ill will I'm just bummed you know yeah yeah it's a bummer um uh, in terms of uh, WSU's uh, defense, uh, obviously, you know they they loaded up on uh, junior college safeties uh, in in the yep. re- in the recruiting class this yep. year. So there are bodies to fill, but I, it's it's hard to believe that any of them are as good as Jalen and will have the impact that he does. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I think that's, I think that's the assumption is that you know, you lose the guy who might be the best player in your defense, your defense is going to be worse. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, I mean, and maybe the defense will be fine. That, that's not necessarily to say that the defense will be bad. Of course, we lost it, a, we right? lost our best player last year and then right. our defense was better than ever. Right. But, if, but this year, you, you now adding on top of losing Pelor, uh, you're losing Jalen. So that's a yeah. lot of leadership on defense. Yeah. That's a lot of just uh, playmakers. Yep playmaking ability they've also lost they lost their nose tackle uh, yep, really yep. you know taylor comfort really underrated i think yep. we've talked about that before um so they, they've kind of lost and i know that uh you know i think they they talk about this a lot in baseball i i don't know how much they talk about it in football but in a lot of ways you've sort of lost the spine of the defense right, right? you've lost your uh you know your your plugger in the middle he disruptor taylor comfort was was much more disruptive i think than most people realize uh Palour, obviously a stud in the middle uh, very steady, and then and then Thompson as as sort of your lead safety. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bummer, and there's definitely going to be some question marks with that. Um, you know, but I mean, it's not again not to say that they're going to be worse overall than they were last year. I just think it's hard to imagine that they will be 
as strong this year without him as they would have been with him, if that makes sense. Yep. And yeah, all because uh, some over the counter. Yeah, I mean, okay, so let's talk about that for a sec. Like, okay, so the process of, you know, take it like athletes take supplements, right? right? You know, I mean, look. I, you know, in my younger days, I bought supplements at GNC. I don't know if you ever bought a supplement before. Did you ever buy a supplement before? No. <laughs> I, I, I think, never tried to get swole. I, I think I bought some creatine once. Like, I mean, this is probably like 20 years ago. Right. Um, that, that stuff was weird. Anyway, um, but the idea is that, uh, you know, that those supplements are not very well regulated. Uh, pretty much anything can make their way into them. There, right. There's no... There's no government body that's testing each of them to make sure that they are free of um, potentially illegal substances, things like that. And then not only that, there's lots of substances that aren't illegal that like like illegal according to the law. Right. But are banned by the NCAA and various sport organizations. And then also the other thing is that um, people don't often remember also uh, the concept of masking agents, which are. Right the the things that you take over the counter they're designed to help you beat a drug test so um you know could have been that as well we just we don't know but we do know that the ncaa's list of banned substances is very very long Mm -hmm. and kind of the bummer part about it for me i mean beyond the on-field stuff the thing that i just like shake my head at is um you know you don't hear very often of somebody flunking an ncaa test um, right. there's a reason for that. It, it's, I've been told it's a fairly difficult test to fail and not in, not in the terms of, um, what they test for anything like that, but just sort of knowing when it's coming and how to make sure you're not taking, you know what I mean? Like sort of all that stuff that, that it, the reason why you don't hear about people flunking these tests and getting suspended very often is because it's not a very easy test to flunk. And so, um, so that's the other bummer part too. It seems like this would have been pretty avoidable. Right. Um, you know, they, they do, I, you know, I know that they tell these guys to, um, you know, if you, if you buy something over the counter, please, you know, bring it to us. Let's make sure it's okay. Or just take all of our stuff. Cause WSU has their own supplements. Yeah. Right. That's, so. that's, that's kind of the interesting thing is like, you got to think that the, the uh, PAC 12 football program has just everything you you would think you, you, when you have a strength and conditioning coach and and he's running that program he probably keeps everything in there that that anyone would need uh, in terms of you know building muscle and and recovery and 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 obviously everything that they would have would be approved but you never know uh, Jalen obviously was a top player and competitive guy and yeah I mean he could have been at home and yeah you know I think he's from California he could have been at home and just hey I need a whatever i need a protein shake to have after workouts and you know he bought the bought the wrong protein shake or right. something you know yeah or it could be something more nefarious we don't know we don't know <laughs> no could be. we don't know but yeah give him the benefit of the doubt we'll though. miss you jalen yeah uh, gave us a good three years yeah um uh definitely was a huge part to the success of the defense the improvement of the defense in the last few years uh, it'll be interesting to see who of these slew of uh, JC safeties yeah. will fill that void. Yeah, and we we don't know, frankly, what that's going to look like. Um, we do know there's a lot of parts that can get moved around. Right. They've recruited a ton of guys of of similar you know size and skill and and whatever. So 
Um, you know, they could, you know, maybe just take a guy. So I know that Bryce Beekman was running next to uh, Thompson during the spring right. um, at uh, at the other safety. And then I know that, uh, you know, up at – they had moved Skylar Thomas, who started next to Jalen all last year. They had moved him up to um, – Nickelback. To Nickelback. Um, but I know they also were working Patrick Nunn in at Nickelback. And mm-hmm. I, the day I was at practice – um, he had a huge hit on uh, on Cassidy Woods. Actually, <laughs> blew him up big time. Um, so, you know, there there's some pieces there to move around. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they they decide to stay with, you know, Thomas and Beekman where they've been practicing, and then maybe they find someone to plug in in Thompson spot, or if they decide maybe we'll move Beekman to Thompson spot, move Skylar Thomas back have none or somebody else play, play nickel. So, um, it's definitely going to be interesting. I, the good thing is they do have, um, a good number of mature bodies that I know they like, uh, to play back there. And so I think that that's, you know, again, we're not saying anybody's going to replace Jalen, you know, in his spot, but, um, I do think that they have the pieces to mitigate the loss and that it's, um, you know, fairly fortuitous that they had, you know, recruited so heavily at the junior college level. And they've got some guys who, um, at the very least seem physically ready, right. You know, yeah. to play back there. So, yeah, we're not, we're not throwing in a true freshman. Or no, no, we're not just, it's not going to be a situation where you're just throwing in someone that, uh, uh, that, that has zero experience and, and hasn't seen anything. And then, you know, again, uh, the benefit of, of sort of the Mike Leach scheduling program, you know, they won't see what, what figures to be a competent offense until week three. So right. um, they've got their first two games against two terribly weak opponents at home. Yeah. So that should, uh, in theory at least, provide a little bit of a soft landing for the guys who are transitioning into that spot. Yeah. You know what we should do right now, Craig? What? We should take a commercial break. Sounds great. We'll be back in a sec. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Cool. That was cool. Yeah. I don't know what you just heard an ad for, but you heard an ad, so Man, what a, good what, job. What an ad it was. What what an addition addition to our podcast. Yes. Good, My kids would good, laugh at that good dad punning joke. Dad joke. My kids would laugh. Yeah. So so I guess uh um now that you've been sold something, uh we've been told to listen to something. Or been told to yeah. listen to something. I don't know. Something like that. Um, let's move on to, uh, some NBA talk, uh, Robert Frank's out there trying to make the Charlotte Hornets. Um, so we talked about in the lost podcast, which we will refer to as, yeah, the lost that's, that's going to be it from now on. Um, the lost podcast, uh, how he, uh, he, he signed an interesting contract, uh, which, uh, uh a fairly good contract for a guy that went undrafted, yeah. which is, uh, essentially a two, it's got two way contract. So, um, he is uh, uh, he is basically signed with the um, developmental league team, the G League team, but can um, play a certain amount of time up with uh, the big squad with the Hornets. Um, 
So uh, we, we talked about um, previously on the last podcast is that that was a, that was a good thing for uh, for Franks and 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 it, and it probably meant that um, Charlotte actually had a plan for him and, and it potentially saw him as a piece they could use down the road. Yeah, that was the 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 idea is that the two way contract is a little bit more of a guarantee um, than you know something like. Uh, you know, just a summer league tryout or whatever. I mean, he's actually got a contract. Right. Um, so the two-way contract allows him to play, I think, be on the first team roster for 45 days without having uh, without be, having to be signed to a, a regular contract, contract, right? So it gives him an opportunity to pop up, provide depth, uh, be around the team, practice with the team from time to time, and then also get, uh, you know, work on his game, refine his game in the G League. So I think that th- this was one of those things that came out of the last collective bargaining agreement. Um, was I think one of the things that actually has proved to be reasonably successful. There's been a handful of guys um, that have been able to parlay those a two-way contract into an, an actual NBA contract the next year. So uh, Quinn Cook is one of those guys with the Golden State Warriors. Right. Um, and there's another guy I'm forgetting. But anyway, it's it's you know it's it's a reasonable path uh, to yeah. the NBA if that's your goal. So um, it's not easy. Uh, you know the G League is not um, you know not exactly a place that people like to play. Uh, it doesn't pay very well for the most part. Yeah, you definitely can make more money playing in Europe playing overseas, or Australia yeah. or China or yep. whatever. Yeah. A lot, a lot of players decide to go overseas rather than you know stick it out in the G League, right? Um, which you know, which that end- worked for Baines, pr- particularly because yeah. of the Olympics. Yeah, because he made the Olympic team yep. and actually played against NBA players at the right. Olympics, and that was where he got right. noticed essentially. Right. But you're that's you know obviously uh, an American like Franks is not gonna get that opportunity so this is his you know this is an easier way to be in front of nba scouts yeah and and then and you know um a good chance to actually play in the nba next season um because given the grueling the the grueling nba schedule 82 games lots of back-to-backs lots of road trips you know um there's times when they just need you know bodies on the bench so um yeah but so uh, last uh, this week, the NBA Summer League has started. So um, I was hoping that we would have some Robert Frank's Summer League action to talk about. But uh, last night, um, he got that big fat DMP. Yeah. Uh, so that was a bummer. Not sure what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I, and I don't know. Uh, maybe I didn't look too hard. Maybe his game got interrupted by the earthquake or um, whatever. But because uh, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, the big Zion game where it was sold out and people were paying 400 bucks to sit on the, sit on the floor to watch a summer league game. Cause apparently they don't know how summer league works, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Zion was, um, his, the, the game, their game, the Pelicans game was, uh, cut short yeah. by the, by the earthquake. Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know how it went for Frank's, um, Are we I, sure that wasn't just Zion dunking on well, someone? Well, that there was the triggering an earthquake. I don't know if you saw the uh, the highlight of him just straight up ripping the ball out of a guy's hand. I didn't. And, and I haven't then, seen any of it. And then dunking it like it was. <laughs> it was very. It was rude. And it was, <laughs> that is so it, rude. And it was very Zion. But Franks didn't get his opportunity to make that play. Um, uh, but yeah, so hopefully, um, as uh, um, obviously, summer league's pretty short, but. Hopefully at some point he gets yeah. uh, uh, gets some run, um, and uh, we get to see uh, 
we get to you know maybe not see him but i got nba tv now so maybe i'll get to see him yeah i mean they the rosters are huge i mean that's the yeah. one thing like there's and you get 10 fouls there's tons so. of guys yeah there, there's tons of guys and they want to see them and you know i mean uh, you know they, they want to see how different guys play together they you know whatever and i know that uh, uh josh perkins from gonzaga yeah. so that we probably have some listeners who actually kind of like gonzaga which is unfortunate but um you know he uh he didn't play either yep and that's presumably a guy who might actually have a shot at at, at making a roster so right. um it could just be a situation where they wanted to see certain units of guys um it could be you know i haven't looked that closely at that their summer league roster um they could have another guy who's very similar to frank's and, and then you know let's just be honest frank's is already on the two-way contract Right. So, That's what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. So they, they all, they're already invested in him to some degree. Right. Um, and they might've already sort of made up their mind that he is destined for the G league that that's where they want him to start and that that's what they want him to do. And that maybe there's somebody else who they're sort of pondering or something right. like that. They want to get a little, little more minutes, a few more minutes, a little closer look at, um, I, you know, who knows? I mean, there's a million reasons why he might not have yeah. played. They know. I mean, uh, to that point, they know he's going to be playing on their G league team. And right. so, like, He's already signed. Which I mean, the the summer league is basically G League plus some of the top draft picks, and <laughs> so uh, it's it's an interesting uh, an interesting league, um, and, and definitely some weird rules and all that. But yeah, yeah it's designed for um, for teams to see the players they want to see for as long as possible, right? And for as much as possible. So yeah, if I, yeah, if, you know, like you said, if Frank's wasn't in the plan for for uh last night then maybe maybe uh, i think there's 10 games for summer league Something so like in, that. in the nine yeah. games that are left yeah. he'll, he'll get on the floor if not we'll have plenty of whatever the uh charlotte hornets g league team is yeah we probably figure that out yeah and it's uh the other thing to know about summer league is that it's usually quite bad basketball. oh it is yeah it's a lot of hero ball yeah um yeah everybody's trying to make their mark and you know whatever so yeah i think uh crab um rj uh rj barrett yeah he had a uh, 18 shots i think yeah in four of 18 or something yeah. from the floor it's uh, typically not a great zion was yeah. shooting threes and yeah. stuff. you know it's just like it's it's definitely like it's it's like pickup ball at the y version of nba yeah pretty much yeah and it's you know, it's it's sort of like uh, I think actually a, probably a pretty good comp is spring training baseball. Yeah. Um, if you if you watch and in particular pitchers, if you watch pitchers in spring training, um, you know they they're probably working on you know their curveball or they're working on their changeup or they're trying to develop a new pitch or whatever, and so they're throwing that pitch at a time when they wouldn't normally throw it, and then it's getting tatered over the left field wall, and they're just like, oh well. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's you know, and the fans are like, oh my god, like Felix Hernandez. Felix may not be the best example anymore, but but, you know, it's like, oh, you know, 10 years ago, it'd be like, oh, my God, Felix gave up three home runs. Is Felix in trouble? Has he lost it? And it's like, no, he's like, you know, throwing. He threw 18, you know, changeups in a row trying to find his pitch, you know. And so anyway, you know, Zion shooting three I'm, uh, threes, I'm sure, is part of that, you know, like trying to get him to to work through that and, and get a little more skilled. So, yeah, if you do venture out and watch some summer league basketball, just kind of know in advance what it is and, uh, you know, just have a good a good sense that uh, – uh, you're, you're not going to see great basketball, um, but you might get to see, you know, some Robert Frank's uh, 
doing something special. Yeah, so maybe Franks will get in there and hoist a few threes. Yeah. Or. Well, you know he's going to. I mean, like that's what everybody does in these games. You know, it's yeah. like they they're all it, there's this balance, right? They they're trying to get noticed while also not appearing entirely selfish, right? Right. <laughs> so, you know, that's whatever. It's like I said, if you've got a if you've got a viewing interest, you know, if you're interested in seeing Robert Franks, great. Um, if it's the summer league team of your favorite NBA team, then, you know, great. You'll like that. Um, if you're just a disinterested viewer, who's like, look, there's basketball on in the summertime. Um, I might actually point you toward the basketball tournament, which we will probably talk about in, in a later episode, uh, because I love the basketball tournament. There's usually a WSU. Yeah. There's usually there. some guys in there. A Blodwick was in it a few years ago. Um, the basketball tournament's great. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great basketball and you know, whatever. So Craig has poured us another beer. Craig, what are we drinking now? Um, so, um, as you may remember, I was in the Midwest uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so one of the, one of the better breweries in, in, uh, Chicago is called Revolution Brewing. Um, uh, funny story about Revolution Brewing I'll get to in a sec, but the, the, um, the beer we are drinking, so they have a, a barrel-aged stout that they call Death's Tar. So, Jeff, you can see how the death is spelled. Uh, yeah. D-E-F. D-E-T-H. So it's, it's supposed to sound like Death Star, but they spell it D-E-F. D-E-F. D-E-T-H. Yes. Space apostrophe S-T-A-R. So it looks like Death Star, but this is the coffee version of that beer. So it's called Cafe Death. Um, and it is in a can, which is pretty interesting. It's barely just out in a can. I picked up a four pack of cans of this, um, at the, uh, the binnies in, in wow. Chicago. Um, so, uh, revolution is a, a fairly sizable brewery. If you're in Chicago, you definitely see their anti-hero IPA pretty much everywhere. Um, it, funny thing is there, um, there's a movie, uh, actually one of my, uh, just, uh, favorite, just chilling out not doing much watching movies is called drinking buddies. Um, it's got, um, one, uh, Olivia Wilde in it. Um, who is gorgeous and wonderful. And then, um, <laughs> and, uh, I can't remember, uh, Jake, uh, Johnson. He's from, uh, more, f- most famously from new girl, I think, uh, um, he's Nick and new girl. And so he, it's a, it's a movie called, uh, it's Mumblecore. So basically the, almost the entire movie is, um, uh, just m- made up on the fly. Um, a lot of the, they, they basically just set up scenarios. Uh, it's got some, uh, got some uh, uh good characters in it and it's basically just about these employees that work at revolution brewing in chicago and when i had, i lived in vermont when i first saw it and i did not know uh that uh revolution brewing was a real brewery um so um when i went to chicago the first you thought time it was just like like a movie brewery yeah so when i went to chicago for the first time um in uh late 2013 uh when i started working for the company that was based in chicago um i get off I get off the train. I was staying at a friend's house. I get off the train stop by his house. And the first thing I see when I get off is a revolution brewing truck. And like mine was blown. I was like, wait, <laughs> you're like, holy a, shit. That's a real brewery. <laughs> that actually exists. Like, I guess that makes sense watching the movie. I'm like, they set up a whole lot of branding and all that. So yeah, you're getting the full experience with yeah, the you sirens. Yeah. Tacoma experience. Tacoma experience. Um, so yeah. Um, but revolution, they, um, they make a lot of like core beers that you'll see everywhere. 
in uh in chicago but they also have a really good barrel program um yeah i can verify because bar- i've tasted the beer already yeah so barley wines they do really well but this is their barrel aged stout and they've moved to like putting them in these uh um in these cans and they sell them four pack cans and and like this beer has been out since november and you, you could still find it in a store so they make so much of it that it's like fairly accessible so it's kind of like the fremont brewing of the yeah. of chicago where they have a bunch of stuff you get everywhere yeah. and then when they make barrel aged stuff it's actually reasonably easy to find because they make so much of it if i'm sure if fremont put their um barrel aged stuff in four pack cans it'd even be even easier to find but yeah um, well i'm sure it would but, but yeah so that they definitely like if, if you were to think of a, a northwest brewery that does a similar model i, I would definitely um, um say that the revolution is kind of like the chicago's version of fremont brewing yeah um where you, you but although i i think that their uh core stuff is better than i, I think the anti-hero ipa is better than interurban ipa but that that may be controversial how know. dare you i know um, but uh, jeff uh go ahead and talk about what you think of this beer I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna drink some of it so this is uh this is dangerous dude because like um so when i first you know kind of put the nose on it um, it smelled a little boozy, right? So I, I, that was before you had explained what it was. And so I just kind of smelled it and, or sniffed it. I don't know. What's, what's the proper is smell. Like, is that a little too, is that a little too like low, like a little no, too low brow? Smell okay. It. Smell. All right. So I, you, so say, I, you talk about the nose. Yeah. The nose. Um, anyway, definitely kind of boozy on the nose, but then when you take a taste, um, you know, the bourbon is, is pretty muted. Um, and not as not as strong as I expected based off of the the way it smelled, and so um, it does say that it is uh, it is what it say brewed with a weaponized amount of of coffee beans. Um, the coffee definitely didn't kind of get the coffee at first. Um, the more I've the more sips I've had, I'm kind of getting more of the coffee. And it's definitely like it's uh, it was canned seven eight months ago okay so I, i'm sure that some of the coffee mellow. will fade a little yeah bit. but it's uh that's damn near 15 percent. yep which is uh definitely does not taste like a 15 percent beer which you, as i said that's why it, it could be dangerous you have to drive back so i, I, I gave me myself the yeah. uh the lion's share yeah of the good pour. choice good choice um, but uh, and I'll, I'll definitely be uh sipping on this for a while yeah yeah definitely i figured this is one that could uh t- take us through um, but yeah, it's got this uh, interesting can. Um, so there, it's it's like this uh, uh, skeleton dude. He's holding like a, I would say like a coffee cup, and uh, Revolution Brewery, and they like to use a lot of like um, stars and red flags imagery. Uh, so it's a pretty interesting can. It's very interesting that they can all their barrel aged stuff. Yeah, uh, that's pretty um, unique. Uh, but yeah, it. it I love it. Uh, another four pack I picked up is their straight jacket barrel aged barley wine, which is fantastic and actually way cheaper than this beer. Um, so uh, um, I, 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 I contemplated getting two four packs of the straight jacket and one four and then no four packs of this. I was, I was running out of time <laughs> and space in my suitcase. Yeah. Um, but uh, I ended up getting the, um, this one. I'm glad I did. It's very tasty. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. Guess we're not doing ratings. We forgot to do ratings earlier. We did forget to do ratings. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, no whatever. one really cares. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. I think, I think saying this is totally good and I would buy it and drink it again, absolutely one hundred percent. Yeah, and truthfully, so it was. So you think a four pack of cans, it's uh, forty eight bucks or forty eight um, ounces. 
Yep. Four pack of 12 counts. So this was 36 bucks for a four pack. Okay. So usually a coffee barrel aged stout is running around like a good one. Yeah. It's usually around a dollar an ounce. Yeah. So this is actually like cheaper. Like So like Fremont coffee barrel aged KDS or co- barrel aged KDS with coffee is uh, usually around 22 bucks for a 22 right, ounce bottle. Right, for a bomber, yeah. So this is actually a better deal when they put it in these cans yeah. than than uh, a, a lot of that. And plus you get like a, a I like these smaller serving sizes. Yeah. Cause, Cause honestly, like if this was in a 22 ounce bottle, I'm probably not busting it out for us to drink no. at, at, at what it's like uh, 12 o'clock. Right. Um, like it's noon and we haven't eaten lunch yet. Right. Like, so that, that would, uh, that, that would not have been a good idea, but you know, I can give me eight ounces and you four ounces and, yeah. and, and, and you can handle it no, and, it's and we'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I like these, I like this format. Um, cans are actually, uh, the, the can technology has ad- advanced quite a bit. Um, a lot of that was in p- due in part to, uh, Oscar blues brewing in uh, in, in Colorado, they kind of introduced craft canning essentially. Um, but now a lot, the can technology is, so you can actually like let these things sit for a while. You're not going to get an aluminum taste on them. You can let them age like, cause this has been sitting in this can for eight months and I don't taste any no, aluminum. I don't taste anything. Not. They have a lining in them. Yep. Um, it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's BPA free, all that stuff. So you don't have to worry about it's it. It's probably healthy for whatever you. the hell BPA is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, the canning, uh, canning is cheaper than bottling for uh, the breweries, so they get to cut off some of the costs there. Um, and you know, honestly, like you don't have to worry about. Uh, so before in this series, they put them in boxes, um, so they had a box and a bottle, and you know all that stuff. So now they're just putting in cans, and they put the cans in a box, obviously, to or whatever. But but it's definitely a lot less packaging and and yeah. Um, well, and it's less weight to transport. Yeah, less weight right? to definitely weight. And I mean, I was appreciative of that They're when huge. I was taking it back in my suitcase. Yeah. Although cans kind of stress me out because they because can they be can squeezed. explode. Yeah, yeah. And they can explode. Yeah. Um. But uh. But it definitely was a lot lighter and and I wouldn't you know I probably would have bought one bottle of of Cafe Death and one bottle of the barley wine. But now I get you know well I gave. I gave one each of the four pack to a friend, but but uh, but uh, now I get to try them three times instead of Yay. trying once, and and I don't have to get shit faced trying yeah. once. Yeah. Um. So yeah, good good. Um, I'm loving the the, the canning, um, trend. Uh. And uh, I'm more of it. This is a uh, you know both of our beers that we've had today are in cans, and it's a beautiful thing. And yeah. Um. Way to go, Revolution. Um. Your awesome beer if you're in Chicago. Uh, they have two tap rooms. Highly recommend checking them out. Uh, their beer is also available almost anywhere. Uh, get on Untapped if you want to try one a particular beer of theirs. Uh, just search for it on Untapped, and you might, you know, just find it. Um, uh, untapped is used pretty heavily in Chicago. A lot of the good bur- bars and breweries use it. Um, so um, just get on there. Search. You can do search by location and yep. just find it. And but yeah, so uh, um, they have they have good food at that uh, at their they have a they have a, a basically a protection facility that has a tap room and then they have a, a restaurant that has food. Um, so um, I highly recommend it. One of my buddies lives in the it's in the Logan Square area of Chicago, and one of my buddies lives there. So we I went there with him and we got they had a bunch of these barrel aged shit on draft and I just got really drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, but yeah, so uh, Revolution Brewing canned barrel aged stouts the wave of the future yeah uh who needs wax who needs fancy bottling no sun can get to it and ruin it 
Not me. Um, so yeah. So yeah, we're enjoying that. And now, uh, what I wanted to talk about, we were, we're this be our NBA episode. Yeah. Um. So last night, uh, as of when we're recording this, last night was finally the the Kawhi Leonard decision. Yeah. At, at about eleven thirty p.m. Just sort of the Pacific last time. major domino to fall yeah. in the NBA free agency. Yeah. Which he caused more dominoes. Um, another domino that we weren't expecting. But an awesome one. But an awesome one. So Kawhi, you know, a bit surprisingly, um, s- signed with the uh, the Steve Bombers. Yeah, I mean, because uh, everybody thought it was down to Toronto and, and the Lakers. Well, if you listen to Steve Broussard. That's right. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, so he signs with the Clips, uh, the famously... Inept, joke of a franchise right? inept clips who who have obviously had some good years um recently but Mo, uh, paul and obviously the paul and uh blake griffin days are over um but now they have a new era uh with Kawhi, obviously who is one of the top three players in the yep. league maybe um, maybe the top maybe the top possibly uh, you know lebron's older now yep um and and who knows what durant's gonna look like after yep. that uh after that, a uh, uh, tendon heals, but um, or is replaced. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. So, um. Kawhi obviously makes you legit immediately. Um. Because what they had in Toronto, they had Kawhi and Kyle Lowry and just a good deep bench. But yeah. Uh. But in in the Clippers. Uh. So what was the surprise thing after at eleven thirty Pacific time we found out eleven thirty p.m. Um. Pacific time we found out that. I guess it was more about 11. And then about 11.30, we find out that um, the Clippers have had traded for Paul George. Um, it was it was advertised as a record amount of draft picks um, yeah. to, to the Thunder for Paul George. Um, uh, so the Thunder, uh, the Clippers, looking like immediate title contenders next year now because uh, you have two very good two-way players, and which mm-hmm. I hate that term but but it's what people but like it's to important say. but yeah so you have two very good defensive and offensive players um in paul george uh, paul george who knows he's you know he's older he's had a major injury himself but he can't bounce back from it very well yeah um it took him a you know a couple of years but he did um but uh but you know he's probably got a couple more years at least of of production and Kawhi's in the prime of his career so you, you kind of expect the clippers to be you know, contending for the title and at least for the next couple of years. And <laughs> I want you to think about what you just said, Craig. I know <laughs> the Clippers are going to be contending for a title. I mean, even when it was Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, yeah, they they were like still, you're, you're still just like yeah, the I Spurs mean, they're still and, the Clippers, yeah. like yeah, the I Spurs mean, and the Mavs back then, right? And, and yeah, it was just they weren't gonna they they I think they got to a conference finals once. Yeah, I think they famously could not get out of the first round for a long time. Right. Um, but yeah, so, um, but yeah, so it's yeah the Clippers of all teams, uh, probably. I've already seen people putting them taking them first in the West, which is you know, you know totally like, reasonable. Totally and also reasonable. Bonkers. Yeah, because uh, yeah, like it's it's crazy and and because they're going to be a, a good defensive team and a and a very good offensive team and and. I don't know. I think the NBA season is going to be fun. Uh, now having these, the West is stacked as usual, but yeah. But now the stat, it's you know, there's four or five teams in the West who are very good, and then one team that just got way, way worse. Yeah, I mean that's you know, and I imagine a lot of our listeners are, um, 
you know, not NBA fans in the either, either a, they, they're not NBA fans just cause they don't particularly care for the NBA or they are, you know, like a uh, Sonics fans yeah. who, um, you know, feel like jilted lovers, uh, you know, because our team left. Um, but you know, I'm, you and I both are such basketball fans just in general that, um, you know, we, we still enjoy watching the NBA and, and it and really Clay is definitely clay being clay amazing helps. definitely helps. Yeah, That helps a ton. Right. So you, you know, not, and not just clay being good, but clay being on the best team yeah. that's on TV, you yeah. know, basically 50 times a year. Yeah. Um, you know, all of those things make life a lot easier for, for a casual fan who doesn't have his own team, you know, like us. Um, but it really is, you know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, I just, I just don't like, you know, the style of basketball in the NBA, you know, whatever. Um, which, you know, is really just another way to say like, you like, you don't like the best basketball on the planet, which is, you know, sort of crazy to me because it really is. And, you know, if you spend any time at all watching it. Um, you, you cannot with any kind of intellectual honesty, um, evaluate it as being a worse product than college basketball. You can say you like college basketball, you, which we obviously both love college basketball, um, love what it has to offer. We love, um, you know, some of the crazy randomness of college because college basketball players do stupid shit all the time. Yeah. Right. And I mean, that's part of the allure, right? If you watch any of the NCAA tournament, you're like, what the hell? You know, the, an end of game situation. You're like, what in the hell was that guy doing? Why did he do that? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking back to uh, what was it? New Mexico State, right? Where the guy seemed to have a clear layup to tie the game, yep. throws it out to the three. Po- you're just like, what the hell are you doing? You know, anyway, they just they do. St- and part of that, that randomness is part of the entertainment. Um, but if you're talking about just pure basketball skill. You know, you can't now you, you can say and, and I do, you know, I don't necessarily disagree with this. Um, and in fact, you know, Kyle Smith, when I interviewed Kyle Smith, we talked about this just kind of briefly about, you know, the Rockets and what they do. And, right. uh, you know, they're very ISO heavy offense. You know, if you're not sort of familiar with the, with the jargon, ISO just means one guy with lots of space to operate doing what he does. And everybody else is kind of standing around watching them to space the floor. James Harden does that. He puts a ball on the floor and he's either going to take his guy to the basket or he's going to step back for a three or he's going to try and draw a foul. And it's been a very um, efficient thing for the Rockets to do. And I I would agree that that is not very aesthetically pleasing basketball. Um, But, you know, when you watch other teams like, you know, it's it's not like that's the only way people play. It's one of the reasons why Golden State can be really fun. You know, they move the ball. Steph Curry doing just, you know, wizard like things with the ball. Um, You know, all of that. The NBA really is uh, a great product. So for me, it's 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 cool and fun and exciting. And plus, you know, the movement of one or two guys can completely shift the league. I read a thing from Zach Lowe at ESPN this morning. Um, just talking about how Kawhi choosing the Clippers has had like this ripple effect and has just shifted the league. Um, I don't, you know, there's not another sport on the planet where Where one one guy can change everything. Well, if you think, yeah, if you think about if, if Kawhi picks the Lakers, the Lakers have the super team for the next four years. Oh yeah. They've got three of the five ish best players in the league on Lakers versus the field. And yeah, that like it, but but he picks the Clippers, and suddenly, and and now, um, you know, Paul George, who apparently uh, was discontented with his uh, star teammate in Oklahoma City, um, was wanting to move, and the Clippers obviously uh, spent a lot of draft capital. Um, but yeah, so by the way, seven 
first round draft picks. Yeah, seven first round draft picks. <laughs> so that's a very, I think that's a very. Um, well, it's not quite seven. Five first round draft picks and two of those years they have the right to swap with the right. Clippers. So if the Clippers have a higher, or sorry, if the, uh, if the Clippers have a higher draft pick than they do, then they can swap and get a higher pick. So, so anyway. the, the idea probably from the Clippers is that those picks will be in the twenties yeah, because they 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 should be good and they should be, you know, in the playoffs, they should be getting deep in the playoffs. They, those shouldn't be great first. Cause yeah. there's a huge difference in the NBA from a top 10 pick to a even top, 20. top five. Yeah. To t- the, the difference between like five or four or three, yeah. like probably, I think most drafts have maybe three guys Yeah, like that are, you can sort of, nailed down as being awesome and then the difference from sometimes from three to five can be big like i think it was this year yeah. right and then the difference from between like five and ten is huge and ten to twenty is like even bigger yeah so and then when you get 20 to 30 right so, it's, yeah, it's, you're sort of taking flyers on guys or trying to find guys that fill a specific need so like and sometimes you'll find a guy like Kawhi later in the rounds that end up being i mean i think he was just undervalued for a number of reasons yeah. but but uh, uh, we followed him in, uh, in college, in college and, you know, he was a fucking stud. Part of it was weren't sure where he was going to play. He was almost yeah. kind of a power forward at San As, Diego State. Yeah, yeah, and he was like 6'7", and so right. it, was, it didn't make sense Monster in the rebounder. NBA. But, you know, in the NBA, they have that, that wing position where it's just your best player. Yeah. Like, and that's that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's where a 6'11 guy like Durant or a 6'7 guy like Leonard right. plays. Like, right. And so you just have it, that. And I think you're seeing that come to college at the major schools more but but like but i i I, it's hard it's it's hard to ascribe college positions to nba players a lot yep um but yeah so yeah uh but you did mention that neither of us have a team but we actually both have a team. <laughs> we both have a team. And, and and that team is whoever is playing the whoever Oklahoma Whoever is playing Oklahoma But actually, City. Oklahoma City Thunder. But actually, what it really is, is the t- it's on the team of wanting the most pain yeah. for Oklahoma City. Maximum pain. Maximum pain. Yeah. So, so in that respect, um, this is awesome. Because, you know, Paul George. So there's kind of conflicting reports out there that, that George was discontented with uh, playing next to Russell Westbrook. I mean, there are... Um, I mean, who the fuck wants to play at Oklahoma City? Yeah, that too. Um, but, it, it, there, the, you know, there were metrics that uh, valued Paul George as actually better than right. Russell Westbrook. Now, Westbrook gets the triple-doubles, whatever, because he's a very he's a, what we call a high-usage player, right? The ball's always in his hands. He's always doing stuff. Either he's taking a shot or he's assisting or he's turning it over or whatever. They definitely run the sort of, uh, you know, box like there's a there's a way there's a rebounding philosophy you can do where your bigs don't chase the boards right they, they box, box out, out and then and then you have your athletic Dudes guards, crash down. Crash. The guards crash down and and if you've watched any amount of the thunder they definitely do that so westbrook gets a lot of those like yep those boards that way but like not saying like westbrook's an excellent player but he's definitely that type of player that um he's got that style of game that if you have another superstar it can it cannot meld well right right because the ball is going to be in his hands and so um you know this ended up you know another report i saw was just that paul george just saw this as an opportunity i mean he's he just recently re-signed with them because yeah uh, that was a big deal yeah oklahoma city traded for him under the same circumstances that toronto traded for Kawhi, which was just just one year left on the deal hopefully we can convince him to stick around um and so that's what oklahoma city did so they felt great about that and then 
apparently Kawhi called up Paul George and recruited him and said, hey, come out to Los Angeles with me, ask for a trade, figure out a way to get out here. Um, and he did. And so Oklahoma City's left with Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams and a whole bunch of trash befitting of their trash city. And um, we will be super excited to watch them suck. The last thing I saw on Twitter was that uh, Russell Westbrook was now exploring a trade. So uh, I, sure I would love would, yeah. it if those fans get uh, get to see a yeah. burn it to the ground philosophy, like uh, basically what Clay Bennett did here, um, trying to trying to sabotage yeah. the team and let's make it as bad your, as possible. Uh, let's see how your fan support and yeah. attendance is. So let's you see how many to, people show up when your team is winning twenty five games. Oklahoma City fans games. have always liked to hold it over us because the attendance in the final season yeah, when when we bad. were intentionally tanking when we had a nineteen year old skinny rookie right it was our best player and 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 here's the other thing too the um i have a f one of my friends a guy who who's a coog uh mike mike larson if you're listening hi there uh mike was working for the uh for the sonics at the time as, right. a, as a season ticket uh seller guy and which actually provided a nice opportunity for me because he always had like extra comp tickets he could yeah. hand out if i wanted to come up to a game um but you know i i mean look like he you know he would tell me about how they just like weren't even trying like they just like he was just like on his own to do basically they just like didn't even care if he it did definitely anything. it served their narrative like they were better be, off if he didn't do his job yeah yeah, it you served know? their narrative to move. Like, oh, they don't want this yeah, team anymore. Yeah, of course. Like, look, there's 10,000 people at this game. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, they, they don't even want the team anymore. And it's just like, anyway. Like, they had pulled – I mean, I'm sure we're talking to a lot of people who live in the Seattle area. But um, they weren't even really advertising for the team. No, they yeah. didn't, you know, they didn't make players available for uh, – radio or TV interviews. Uh, that was yeah. another thing that they did was nothing, nothing beyond just general post-game media availability. Yeah, we got very little of Durant it in, was, that, yep. in that final, in that one season he was yep. here. It was, it, it was a deliberate sabotage thing. And so, um, you know, what I would love is for Oklahoma, because here's what kind of pisses me off about Oklahoma city um, and their fans in particular. Look, like, like I get, they wanted a team. Like I don't, and they had the they had the Hornets. They had the Hornets. Pelicans eventually. Yeah. Came to, but they had them. They showed Katrina out. Katrina and they showed out. For they them. showed out. So that was great. And I mean, I get them wanting a team. Like, I, obviously, I want my team back, right? So, so I understand that they want their team. Like that, they want a team. Like I totally get that, especially in Oklahoma City. I mean, there just ain't shit else there. Yeah. You know, I mean, they don't have a football team. They don't have a hockey team. They don't have a baseball team. Uh, you know, there's there's the Sooners are. I mean, I don't even know how close Norman is to there, but I don't think it's that close. I think it's about an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, anyway. So it's like, look, you know, that's what they've got. And they wanted a pro franchise. OK, fine. That's great. I get it. What I hated was sort of the the smug, you know, and again, maybe, you know, Twitter is not the best uh representation of a fan base because uh, sometimes I see, you know, Seattle fans or whatever. But I will say that they were incredibly smug about their uh, procurement of an NBA franchise. And the reality is they were really, really lucky to get what they got. They got a team that, um, you know, had Kevin Durant already. They got a team with a smart general well, and manager. And Russell Westbrook, they drafted so him. So they drafted Russell. Now, at that point, it was a fait accompli. I mean, yeah, they, yeah, the team was already good. I mean, they got, I mean, the, the, the one thing Clay Bennett did really well is hire Sam Presti. Sam Presti, right. Who I got, I wish that he had was. Had been here. Had been here earlier. Yep. And, and what, you know, because people will say that, like, oh, that team should have been our team, like the Westbrook Harden. Yeah. But the thing is, that team would have not have been. Like, if, if it, like, it, without the Oklahoma City leadership group, 
Like they wouldn't have been that right. The, the Seattle wouldn't have torn the team down to that point to try right. to build it the right. way they did. Right. So I never, I never have that sort of lament that like, oh, we should have had that because that was. You know, the one thing obviously like, Presti only gets hired because yeah, Clay Bennett yeah. is the owner yeah, and the Sonics whatever. had just a, a lot of really terrible. They uh, still would have had Durant. Office, though. Yeah. Still would have had Durant. Cause that would have been that. I mean, yeah, yeah. They still, still would have had that number Durant. two pick. Like that would have been, they, they still would have had Durant at least. Yeah. So. They still would have had Durant because Schultz was, Schultz was effectively tearing the team down just through front office incompetence. Right. Um, but, uh, but so maybe we would have got to that point, but I have, I, I have no belief that Schultz would have properly managed the team. So, you know, it would have been more like, hopefully he would have sent it to, you know, like sold it to a guy like Balmer, who, yeah. <laughs> which they tried to do at the last second, but, yeah. work. but, but anyway, anyways, we're rehashing old wounds, yeah. but anyways, but what, what's most important now is, um, hashtag never OKC yep. and the most amount of pain inflicted on the maximum Thunder. maximum pain. I hope that team gets torn down to the studs. I hope they win I, fifteen I ho- games. I hope they're. I hope um, all these uh, millions of draft, you know, twenty in number twenty eight draft picks don't work out, and um, I hope that they have you know several years of just shitty basketball, and then when their attendance dips, I I will gladly um, yeah point I, it I'll out gladly point it out to them yeah that it's not fun watching. Uh, a shitty basketball team yeah i mean they they walked around like their shit don't stink for however long and it's like you know what yeah i mean good luck when your team is terrible let's see how let's see how well you show out when your team is not good and nobody wants to play for you like really what i see for them in the future is is the sacramento kings like that's what i see who also were headed to seattle also were headed to seattle (laughs) and get what they deserve they've spent for a big arena and their team is still horrible so yeah because no i mean who like seattle um is definitely not you know it's not la it's not new york it's uh but i i think i am thinking about this era of seattle and i think it would have been very attractive to Oh um, yeah, players and oh. you think about a lot of players that play for the Sonics and the yeah. Mariners that have just like never left. Never left. And, and and Nick Collison, when he moved to Oklahoma City with the team, still kept his home in, the in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, he's anyway. still like you know he's a big he and he still lives here. Yeah, and and, and a lot of players are like that. You know, uh, you know guys like Jay Buhner. Uh, that's why you know the Mariners. You see all their freaking old dudes like come yeah. back because they. They love living in, you know, they all live in like Sammamish and Issaquah yeah, like yeah. on the lake or whatever. Yeah. But that, I mean, hell, you know, they don't, I imagine they don't have something like that in Oklahoma City. Um, also, they it's definitely a don't. much more cosmopolitan city, much yeah. more stuff going on, a much larger city. Yep. Um, it's a coastal city. Um, it's, you know, it's, uh, if, you, if you're a, if you're a hunting and fishing dude, you can, you can have fun. If you're, yeah. a, if you're a big city life dude and partying and yep. you can have fun and, and but yeah, it's I don't know. It's um, but it's 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 it, it, it sucks. And when I'm watching this last night, and I'm like, this is so much fun. The NBA off season is so much fun. Yeah, and I wish that we were involved in some way. Well, and and when we do get our team, because we will. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that we will. I don't know how. I yeah, don't know when. We may be. You know, I hope man, my I hope my kids aren't in college by the time it happens. But um, when we do, I think we have a good chance to be. Um, you know, be a part of, of that sort of, cause basically what you see in the NBA right now is the players have a lot of agency, right? They get a lot of, uh, influence over where they end up eventually. Obviously they don't have any influence over where they start. 
but they have some influence where they end up eventually. And right now what you're seeing with this agency is, man, they are ending up in uh, basically your your coastal rich cities. They're right. ending up in Los Angeles. They're ending up in San Francisco slash Oakland. They're ending up in Miami. Uh, and they're ending up in Brooklyn <laughs> or Boston, right? I mean, right. these are the teams that are able to now Boston obviously struck out during this off season and that's maybe a totally different deal, but, um, you know, and the Knicks are obviously what they are, which is a total disaster. Well, that's just, but that's, front office but that's just exactly front office incompetence there. Nobody wants to play for them. Um, so, you know, you see these teams in these cities where players are like, yeah, I want to go there. And I realize Seattle's not Los Angeles, you know, right. um, Seattle's not Miami. I get that. Seattle's not New York, but. But I do think a lot. So it very obvious with LeBron James, like moving to L.A. was about much more than basketball. Obviously, it was yeah. about business opportunities. Well, it, was, it was like that for Shaq when yeah. Shaq went out and there. So too. Seattle is a place that does offer business opportunities yep. now. Obviously, it's not on the you know the level of like uh, entertainment like uh, L.A. offers. Um, obviously, that's not what Kawhi was looking for, but he was just looking to get back to SoCal, I think, which and, is where he's from. Yeah, he's like he from was SoCal. a guy who actually did. Like people talk about, oh, players want to go home. He was actually a guy I think who did want to go home. Yeah, his. I mean, what we know of his personality is that he's not your typical superstar, and and so it now that you're looking back, like yeah. He, he went with the Clippers. It makes sense. Like he went, he went with the team that's on the, you know, the back page, not the team that's on the front page. And, 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 uh, and frankly, they're better run than the Lakers right now. And honestly, he, he brought Toronto a title. And if he brings the Clippers a title, oh. like that dude is just like fucking goat dude, forever. With Clay with a busted up knee, I am number one Clippers fan this year. Oh, yeah. Like, I want them to win I've a championship. Did, yeah. I want them to win a championship so bad now because I'm like, I mean, just imagine imagine these headlines, right? Imagine all the all the narratives, all the storylines, right? Okay, so you take, okay, Kawhi Leonard brings a championship to his third franchise. Right. Right? I mean, does that cement him as, I mean, it really, you start asking, is, is he one of the greatest players ever? At that point, right? You know, he, he went, he did it in San Antonio, taking over, basically taking over for, you know, the the legacy guys of, you know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, you know, Monty Ginobili, right? And then he goes to Toronto for one damn year, right? Puts them over the top. And then he goes to the Clippers, one of the least successful franchises in the history of the NBA. Of major sports. Of major sports, right? And turns them into a, a championship team. And then as a bonus, <laughs> right, he had turned down the Lakers to go to the Clippers. Yeah. And then that would LeBron mean, James. Right. So this is a zero sum calculation. Davis. So if he's winning a title, that means LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not winning a title. And Anthony Davis wanted to go to L.A. specifically to play with LeBron. Right. And they, you know, they, they probably assume they could bring in that third guy. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, well, of course somebody's going to want to come play. Kawhi. For, Kawhi's going to come back. Yeah. Gonna, somebody's going to want to play with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And nobody. Yeah, he's not going to go to the Clippers. Did. He's not going to go to the Clippers. He wants to play for the Clippers. Kawhi's Frankie his own Munoz dude, man. in the stands, or yeah. you want Jack Nicholson in the stands. Kawhi's his own dude. It's yeah. awesome. And I'm, I'm totally here for this era of the NBA. I think it's going to be fun. Um, I'm bummed that oh, the Clay, West is wide open. Clay is not going to probably play until 
probably March or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, but imagine if the Warriors sneak into the playoffs, right? They like they will. I think they will too. There's so much parity in the And you still have Steph and Steph. Like that's yep. good enough. Yep. that's better than. I mean, yep. Steph is still a. One of yep. the best players in the NBA. If he can, if he can stay upright, that that's the big thing. If yeah. he can stay on the floor, well, now yeah, if that's going to be the challenge. If if those ankles uh, right. don't hold up, then and because he's only getting older, yep, uh, the Warriors could be in for a super downfall. But yep, but uh, but I think they might now that Durant is you know off the payroll, they might actually be able to build some depth. Now we're going to see you know maybe they can try to re- reclaim that you know that twenty fifteen type team that was yeah less about it was about Steph and and but it was less about it was kind of pre clay superstar status yeah. and i mean that's what made him a superstar but yeah but yeah i don't know i'm i i you know the nba it's gonna be fun are, to watch the nba playoffs are fun to watch yeah. the nba regular season is not that fun to watch honestly, i don't see any not. team being I, I don't see any team dominating you know, I don't see any team being, you know, way ahead. Obviously, things can get weird and injuries can happen or whatever. But I think that there's enough talent spread around that the West, I mean, the Utah Jazz, like, they're going to be really, really, really yeah, damn they, good. They, they're, so. they're like, they were low-key awesome this year. The Nuggets, too. Yep. Um, so, like, you have to put them in there. Like, the West has been for my entire adult and life. Like, since, I mean, honestly, like, you look back even – when the Bulls were dominating, the East was kind of shitty then too. But like yep. probably since in the like this kind of modern era of NBA, this post CBA stuff in the late '90s, like it's been the West has been dominant. Because I yep. remember when the Sonics were definitely on their downturn, they were still better than a lot of teams in the East. But they would, you know, there'd be like teams in the East with ten games under 500 making the playoffs. Right. Like, but like the West is again, you know that dominant obviously because Brooklyn's not going to be anything next year because Durant's not going to play next year right like so there but uh, you but that's going to be super fun the year after yeah when you have Durant and Kyrie and and then you have uh you know they're probably going to be they're going to be like you know the team coming out of the east and then we're going to have some fun finals and yeah it's it's we're definitely in for a, a really fun era of the NBA uh, there's a lot of good players, man. There's so many good yeah. players. Like it's, it's. I, I think that the the strength of you know that the like everyone worries about the superstars, you know, tilting the balance. But we saw this year that um, if it's you know in you know one injury can uh, I mean if it was two, but uh, one injury can just you yeah. know can take Change down everything. a team. And yep. and there are no guarantees. Yeah, and yeah, there was no guarantee. I, I mean, but plus like. Um, having Kawhi on the Raptors uh obviously I think if if LeBron was still out east that would have been a rough series for uh it would have been interesting to see LeBron and Kawhi going at it in the east that would have been fun but but now it's going to be fun watching them LeBron go at and it Kawhi in Los Angeles yeah, yeah it's going to be It's going to be rad. Yeah it's definitely oh, going to be exciting. Rad. Like it's going to be cool. Um so yeah uh get your NBA league pass subscriptions. Yeah. No don't don't do that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that either. There's yeah. enough games on TV. <laughs> yeah, there are so many games on TV on TNT and ESPN and yep. TBS. And You're going to get more LeBron and Kawhi than you can possibly imagine. Yeah, yeah. If you want to watch the, if you want to watch Giannis, then maybe get your uh, yeah. league pass subscription. Because yeah. also Giannis plays in fucking Milwaukee. Yeah, he's like, he probably won't play there very long. Not for much longer, yeah. I don't think. But uh, yeah, there's so many fun players. Uh, if I was like, I think back at it, this era, I remember how into I was in the NBA when I was like 11. With, um, so like I was like 1996 
and and just like i just knew all like there was all these fun players you know back then it was like penny hardaway and and you know uh, uh larry johnson alonzo morning like things like that but i just think like the depth of like just legit amazing players there are now like it's crazy it's crazy and it's so it's a cool league um i it's taken me a long time to get back into it because uh because of the sonics and i'm still also hate the league a little bit all the time because of it yeah um but uh but i love basketball basketball is my first sports love and 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 please just give us a team back give us the sonics back please please (laughs) oh man all right um you got any good kid stories this week well uh i'm gonna i'm gonna think about it i'll i'll let you uh or are you ready? I know sure. I know you said yeah. you had one. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so okay. So yesterday, 2 days ago was the 4th of July, right? Yes, it was. So we got we got 4th of July happening and uh so in my family, uh we typically don't do fireworks. Um we typically go so we live we live out in Graham, Washington, which is a a little a little known town on the way out to Jackson Eatonville. Himself. Yeah, which is another little known town on the way out to Mount Rainier, which is is basically the deal. Um, but Eatonville has a, uh, has a fireworks show, a traditional fireworks show on the 3rd of July every year, which is actually perfect. You do it that night, you sleep in the next day. It's, it's great. Um, and so then on the 4th, so we went out there on the 3rd and that's typically how we do it. We watch the big fireworks show out there. The city does it. It's, it's great. They, they pack out at the, um, the elementary school, people sit on the field and, and it's great. It does take like 35 minutes to get out of this dinky little town. That's got two roads, three roads out two roads back to civilization. The other one oh, heads yeah. out to the mountain, but, yeah. uh, but it was great. Many times. Yeah. So, uh, on the fourth, we had some family over and, uh, I smoked ribs, uh, for everybody. And yes. yeah, which we're about to have, we're about to have leftovers of the ribs for lunch. Cause I made way too many ribs. Sorry, listeners. You don't get any. Ribs. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and so, you know, it's had some family over. Well, one of, one of Sarah's uncles is like, Oh, hey, I'm going to bring over some fireworks for the kids. And now here's the thing. I, I don't have a philosophical, generally, um, opposition to fireworks. Um, they're really expensive. Yes. And to me, it feels like lighting my money on fire. Now, your mileage may vary. You know, I, I know there are people who it love. It depends on the enjoyment you get out of lighting. It, sure. Right? And, and I know there are people who love lighting fireworks. Like we went to uh, some friends who lived on a lake and uh, and they did a massive fireworks show uh, for everybody who was there. They had a floating dock off of the off of the shore where they put all of the fireworks. And so they're spending like ten grand. Yeah, they spent show. I don't know how many thousands of dollars on these. I'm serious, like it was insane. And to me, I'm like, I can never get around what else I could do with that money (laughs) because it's like, I just, I can't, to me, like I said, it's like dumping gas on a pile of cash and just lighting it on fire. It's all relative. Like this can of beer was $9. And so there's a lot of people that'd be like, you spent $9 on a can of beer. That would have been me five years ago. Yeah. Like you spent $9 on a can of beer. Um, so, so I get it. Like this is this is like no judgment, right? This is not like you suck if you spend money on fireworks. It's just like, it's just not my thing. Right. Unless you light shit on fire. Yeah. I can never get around. I'll judge you. Okay. So Sarah's uncle says, Hey, I'm, I'm bringing fireworks for the boys. And I'm like, fine. I'm not paying for them. Whatever. Okay. 
So he brings them over and some of them, and he's had them sitting around. Uh, he bought them a few years ago. They've just been sitting around. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you can see where this is going, right? Yeah. So they've been sitting around for a few years because, you know, his kids are, are kind of grown up now and they just did, you know, last time they didn't blow them all up. So he's like, here, I've got these and, and we'll shoot them. And, and he's got this, you know, PVC pipe that he uses for the, um, for whatever you call it, the, the mortar launcher. Right. And, uh, so, you know, he's there and, and we light off some firecrackers and whatever. And, and what I start to see is, is my 12 year old, um, by the way, this is my 12 year old who, when he was younger, was terrified of fireworks. I would take him to Seahawks games and they would light off fireworks at the end of the national anthem. And he would like crawl under his seat and start crying because it was too loud. He had a hard time. Okay. So my oldest son now is like, uh, he looks like a, a little pyro because he's like, <laughs> he sees these fireworks, you know, firecrackers, whatever. And he's very excited, bottle rockets. You know, he's very excited about these, about these different things that, that Sarah's uncle has brought over for us to blow up. Okay. So we blow up a few things, whatever we don't do, you know, a whole ton of them. We're all pretty tired. We'd stayed up late the night before. Okay. So they go stay the night. My kids go stay the night at their grandpa's house. Cause they like to do that for a treat. They come back yesterday and they talk Sarah into lighting off some of the mortars that were there. Okay. So there's one mortar that actually had four mortars in it. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. And so now my understanding of it wasn't that all four were supposed to go off at once. Maybe it is. I don't know. But what I know is when it shot out of the, the tube, um, it didn't go as high as it should have. And then exploded and it probably went 40 feet in the air, 50 feet in the air and exploded all four of these mortars all at once. And it was like, whoa, that was a little too close. And the kids are like, this is great. Do it again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this. So Sarah's like, OK, we'll do one more. So she gets one of the, the single mortars, right? Lights it off. This time, this one only goes about 30 feet in the air and it goes pow and it's like there are (laughs) flames they're like flames shooting down at us and i'm like shit you know it's like there's like these there's like this this these fireworks like flying down at us and i'm like oh my god and when it was done i'm looking around i'm like is everybody okay everybody's all right everybody's got all their eyeballs everybody's got everything um and i'm like okay All right. And then I look at my kids and my kids are like, that was awesome. And I'm like, that was not awesome at all. You know, so I'm, I get, I got to be the grumpy old man with the kids. And I was like, (laughs) they were like, can we do one more? And I'm no, 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 we are done. We are done with fireworks. Uh, so that, that, that was our 4th of July or 5th of July, uh, lighting off fireworks. We live in a rural area, so, you know, we could still light off fireworks on the 5th and not get in trouble for it. But Oh my gosh, that was and so it sort of confirmed my uh, uh, my desire to be like, nah, nah, I'm not really trusting any of this stuff that's is particularly uh, been assembled in in some factory that also has been sitting around for four years, uh, settling and 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 really not. Uh, who knows what it, what it has become while it's been sitting in a closet right. for four years? So, yeah, our fourth was pretty chill. We. Well, now you went out to your sisters. Right? You went out to my sisters yep. at the burger hot dog thing. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Steph. Um, did the burger hot dog thing. She is about to pop mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, my uh, 
my little niece. Yeah, she's about had it up to her eyeballs with this yeah, pregnancy. Yeah, actually, um, probably, I don't know. Um, well, we know she. So just like B, uh, uh, B was uh, breach, which for our listeners who have never who haven't had a baby such, and haven't don't had know a what baby, that is. breach means so. You want your baby to have their head down when right. they're coming out. Head's supposed to come out first. that's the biggest part. You yes. want to get that out. Yep. It's pretty dangerous if they come out feet first. Yep. Um, so in the U.S., it's not the same in every Western country, surprisingly. Um, and in the U.S., if it's breached, they're not going to try to deliver it naturally. They're going to do a C-section. So B was breach. We did a planned C-section. Interestingly, this is something that happens in like less than 5% of pregnancies. Um, and to me, it's, it's, it, you know, part of my statistical education. It's only weird if it happens less than 5% of the time. Um, but, uh, but, uh, my sister also, her, uh, kid is breech. And so she, uh, we know that, uh, that kid is coming hopefully not before just cause you know, emergency C-sections aren't as fun, but or aren't as good or aren't as safe. Right. Um, but, uh, we know that kid's coming on, uh, uh on the 11th so um i'll be an uncle very less than soon. a week yeah yeah we're almost there um so uh that's going to be a big thing happening um you know lots of family over and and you know that's the funny thing is because when you know the date like my mom had you know changed it had a flight to come up a little bit after the due date just you know to make sure that she was here when the baby right. was here but now she like changed her now flight. Now that she knows when the baby's coming. She changed her flight for like the, you know, the night before and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. My sister gave some sob story. So they kicked, they knocked off the change fee and all that. <laughs> and, but yeah, so. You um, don't. So, I mean, like, like you and I both know this, like, like there's nothing more persuasive than a pregnant woman. Like you oh, just yeah. don't even, you just don't even think about saying no to oh, a pregnant woman. Absolutely. Yeah. There's just, yeah. It, it, Cause if you do it's just not good yeah um but yeah so you don't yeah, want any of that so my sister has had not a great pregnancy and uh but the baby's healthy and stubborn and won't turn around and so uh um just like b um so hopefully she's as cool as b uh we know it's a she um but uh we know her name is iris yeah um so uh b's gonna have a little cousin um and you're gonna be an days. uncle so i'm gonna be an uncle which good is work weird. yeah yeah, I didn't know. That was a lot easier than the other one. <laughs> um, it's a lot easier than becoming a dad. Yeah, that um, is true. But yeah, so uh, that's that's a big thing happening for uh, B. If we're talking about kids, uh, I mean, it'd be, it's been interesting to watch because she loves Aunt Steph, and now Aunt Steph is not going to pay that much attention <laughs> to her. And so I'm going to see. Aunt Steph's going to be a little uh, preoccupied. Yeah, and and Grandpa and Grandma. That's are not right. Pay much attention. They're 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 going to have a new toy, and she's yeah. going to be like, "What the hell, man?" Yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> definitely like we think like the biggest impact for her is going to be watching uh, Aunt Steph. Yeah. Like uh, who used to just give her a hundred percent of her yeah, attention. Yeah. yeah. Every time she saw her, is now going to be like. Uh, sorry, sweetie. I have something else to do. That's hilarious. But yeah, so so yeah, that's the big thing happening in our life. Uh, our Fourth of July was pretty chill. We were over there, um, you know, uh, eating hot dogs and hamburgers and and all that. Uh, uh, um, we uh, and then we left pretty early, you know, because we got a little kid, and we came back and just sat on our back porch and listened to the uh, world explode for you know the next five hours Which is, you know that's a better way to do it than having fireworks land you know shoot 30 feet above your head and yeah. then 
send flaming balls back at your yeah. eyeballs. We drank a fuck ton of sour beers. And yes. Made Amanda, poor Amanda had to work the next day. Feel like <laughs> shit. Um, so she wasn't down for any more sour beer last night. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we had a, we had a nice time. Um, it was, a, it was really chill. It was like, I, I don't think I've spent that long a period on my back porch since we've had this house, like five plus hours. I, I actually put together a playlist. So I started out on Amazon Music, like the the one that comes with Prime. So not yeah, like yeah. the not the one that you pay extra for. That Which isn't very more. good anymore. But yeah, that's the, another but, conversation. But but so I just went first. I searched fourth songs called Fourth of July. So I made like a a playlist. There's a Soundgarden song called yeah. Fourth of July. Like oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a, yeah. there's there's a lot of songs called Fourth of July. And then we were writing out of that 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 gave us about fifty minutes. And then we that had Independence Day, obviously uh, the Martina McBride yeah, song Sarah is the most famous that. one, yeah, yeah. Um, which isn't about Independence Day, but no, we're... it's not. Um, but but also we had um, uh, the, when I did the Independence Day, I found out like, like three of the other songs that I put on there were just covers of that song. But there was <laughs> other songs, and rarely are any of them about actually Fourth of July. And then we would did um, songs with firework or fireworks in them. So Katy Perry's firework song, most there we famous go. one. Um, and then uh, again, about four of the ones that I added there were covers of that song. Yeah. And, and then we went to songs with just July in them. For me, the most famous one is uh, a song by the Decembrists called July, yeah. July. Yeah. I've not heard um, that song, but I'm familiar with them. Yeah. But, uh, but there was just some, you know. And then we did summer and then summer and summertime. And that just gets a, yes, a, just a that, deep bench of songs. That'll last and a actually a lot, hours. a lot better songs. Yeah. Again, yeah. Yeah. There was some like in, in the other ones, you're wading through some really obscure, like yeah. crap. Like yeah. this is like, and not just not, not that because it's obscure, it was crap. There was a, like really bad songs <laughs> like that you were going through. So that was part of the fun yeah. of being like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Amanda was not a fan of the Soundgarden yeah. song at all. What? Uh, <laughs> but I just, okay. I don't know if Amanda listens to the podcast, but I don't know. We're going to have no, to No, she definitely does not. We're going to have to talk, Amanda, because I'm a little. Uh, You'll have to bring it up with her next yeah. time. You Amanda yeah. is working today. Um, that's why she's not here at that's, the, uh, that's at very, the clubhouse. That's very disappointing. I know. I know. I know. Um, also I'd say it's probably not one of their better songs. Whatever. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Whatever but you say, but, but definitely not Amanda's <laughs> cup of tea yeah. uh, in terms of music styles. Yeah. Uh, but there was, it's pretty funny. There was one song, um, independence day song, that was from a band called Nonpoint, which is this like new metal band that I listened to when I was in high school. Yeah. And so I had definitely not listened to them for, yeah. you know, 17 years or something. Right. So I was like, oh, it's Nonpoint. And it definitely sounded like new metal, man. It was just like, yeah, yeah this is like a formulaic new metal song. So, but yeah, we did that. Drank a lot of sour beers and then some Bodhi and whatever. And, and man, it was, it was pretty chill fourth. It was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've got this four day weekend rock and you have the tw- I have like a, weekend uh, yeah whatever. i have like an eight week weekend yeah eight week weekend um but yeah so but yeah um i don't know man this has been a pretty good it's been nice yeah just uh nice having you here at my yeah, house it's been awesome you know we're, and we're gonna record another podcast right after this which you're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait and see yeah what that's special. gonna be like yeah it's special and exciting and uh, we'll we'll, ex- we'll explain it's gonna be different it's definitely gonna be different yeah um because we're gonna do two episodes while I'm here. Yeah, and, and the second one's different. Well, drink beer in that one too. Yeah, uh, and eat ribs, leftover eat ribs. ribs. Uh, yeah, so so stick around for that. Subscribe yeah. so Subscribe. you can get that new bonus content. 100%. Um, 
um give us a five star rating please um uh, a lot of uh, not a lot but some of you have and we really yeah. appreciate that and we've got like a dozen five star ratings which is so so if you were one of the people that gave us that rating we appreciate you yeah because the, the big thing is that the ratings help people find us yeah that's the big thing the higher rated shows tend to turn up more in the algorithm when people are looking for stuff so so we appreciate that yeah so we appreciate it and if you're listening um go on Particularly iTunes, iTunes Apple, is the big one. Well, Apple yeah. Podcasts, I guess. Yeah. Not, I don't know. iTunes, whatever. Yeah, iTunes or Apple we're Podcasts, in this weird whatever. Space where iTunes isn't really existing. Yeah, anymore, they're breaking it apart. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, but yeah, so Apple, Apple, uh, give it, give us five star on that. That's that'd be awesome. probably the most important one. It is. Uh, but uh, but you know, if you're listening on Overcast or Stitcher or whatever else, if you want to give us a five star on, if you're actually using the Podbean app, which we don't do anymore. Yeah. Um, but we don't host on there anymore. Yeah. Um, so sorry if you were you were sorry. using that Podbean app and it's not sorry. showing up anymore. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> Apologies there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but honestly, just go to one of the kind of the, the feeder services yeah. and then yep. you, you won't have to worry about that. Yep. Um, but yeah, thank you for all those people that have subscribed and uh and and we're sorry that <laughs> it's been kind of weird for the last couple of weeks but it'll it'll normalize again yep i'm um, starting with this podcast and 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 it'll be fun going into uh the, the rest of the summer and then yeah we have something fun uh coming up and uh yeah thanks for listening go kooks go kooks